2: Hi, everyone, and welcome again to my Awakening Now podcast. I'm the American Lama, Surya Das, podcasting here on Ram Dass' Inspired Be Here Now Network. You can look us up and the other old Dharma friends, teachers, and Illuminati who are podcasting on this um, network. This is Awakening Now. I also have websites and social media you can look up. Today, I'm talking with my old buddy, island buddy, let's call him, Paul Dolman. I first bumped into him and got to know him in a pizza place, I think, on Martha's Vineyard and on the beach. And then we ran into each other in Hawaii at Maui. We were both frequent and we were hanging out with the Das brothers, probably on the beach, Ram Das and some other Dases that I was in India with. Paul is the author of Hitchhiking with Larry David. Larry David, another Martha's Vineyard character you may know from Seinfeld and Curb Your Enthusiasm. A real wise guy, if there ever was one, in both senses of the word. Paul's also the author of the recent Hobo in Hollywood, and his podcast, What's Important Now. Welcome, Paul. to my awakening now podcast hi how you been
1: i'm great sir let me just give you a couple little updates i love the uh titles you came up with uh it, the podcast is what matters most and that is what's important now you're <laughs> channeling that was something we were going to do and hollywood hobo is actually the beverly beverly hills hobo <laughs> uh, a story of fame and misfortune this, is, story, kind of all
2: this is like all of- teaching dharma <laughs> I say what I think I heard my teacher say. He says what he thinks he heard his teacher say. And by the time you get back to the Buddha, or the Moses, or whoever, it may or may not have anything to do with them.
1: I think it's closer like, like to so Norm Crosby. Yeah, it's closer <laughs> to Norm Crosby, but still, who's to always get the words wrong. And But you did get Hitchhiking with Larry David right. I'm so happy you got that. And we met at Morning Glory Farm in Martha's Vineyard. You gave me Buddha beads. Uh, I gave you bread. You were starving, and I fed you. I you were thirsty, and I gave you drink. Something like that. <laughs> and it's very Jesus-like. And it was, and you said you had an awakening that day, and you had a little gas too. But and then later, <laughs> and then later on Maui, I'm sitting in a coffee shop. You wander in. Uh, you weren't that awake because you hadn't had any espresso yet. You weren't awakening now, and then we'll you ordered my secret
2: awakening the Buddha within.
1: The Buddha within the Buddha was a coffee Express. freak. We all know that. So, yeah. and then you looked at me and said, "Do you know the pa- password for the Wi-Fi?" And then we looked at each other. and We knew <laughs> we knew each other. Remember that?
2: Now and I do. We were on the porch at Morning Glory Farms, sitting like picking yeah, yeah. laptops, trying to we, sign we on. We were.
1: And so I gave you the, I said, I'm going to give you the password and it's non-attachment.
2: I should have asked and you the password is for the code of the secret of the universe, but...
1: That was it too. They were double. They actually just type in wherever you are, if you want to hack anyone's account, just type in non-attachment. It's the secret code of the universe. You'll get in on anybody's stuff. Uh, That's a Chinese great quote. stuff.
2: I, there I it is. a bumper on. sticker or a meme of that going viral.
1: That's true. Now, I would have uh trademarked that, but I'm not attached to any money We're or profits or any to, of
2: that kind of stuff.
1: To, to the my attorneys are, but I'm not. So, yeah, yeah so that's kind of how we had
2: that. Attorneys.
1: And then you invited me to go meditate in the ocean with uh, Ram Dass. We went down there and it was incredible. And what a sweet thing. We floated out in the ocean. Gary Zukov was there. The other uh, guy who sold a couple books was really nice and some other yeah. abiasis and seekers and dases and all kinds of stuff. And I wrote a book that that experience it was written about called Seven Crazy Days in Maui, another true story. And you, you're you in that one, too. So our lives, like all things, are connected. And there you go. And thank you for having me on. You've been on my podcast, What Matters Most. So I felt like I, in good karmic jet, when Kathy and the Kathys reached out, I said, yes. Yes, the light.
2: It's good to say yes. To life, um, I think Mother Teresa or somebody even said the secret of life is to love life.
1: Mm,
2: true, so I thought that was beautiful bringing the love into it, not just meaning and purpose.
1: Mm, true, and that's Wise. good
2: for our holiday season, too. Not to mention the state that our world and our society and our politics, cetera,
1: yeah. well, said
2: human rights and environment are in. Um, it's good to talk to you. Uh, I also remember running into you. I think it was maybe a couple of years after that on Maui and I was in a coffee shop, again, trying to log on, which I always have trouble <laughs> doing because I'm like a neo-Luddite or Fred Flintstone or something. Um, and I'm always writing, so trying to, you know, connect to some wireless. I, I should really use prayer instead of these access codes, but... The masters
1: have been saying that for years. And by the way, you're the two of the least technical beings on the planet. You're asking me. It's classic, (laughs) the blind leading the blind. Uh, You were wandering in. And again, on Maui, we ran into each other. And then we did see each other another time in Martha's Vineyard. I went to your book signing. And later, I stopped spontaneously for pizza, which I'm apt to do a lot. That's no coincidence. But all of a sudden, you wandered in in search of pizza and enlightenment. Yeah, And uh, I think we went two for two. We had pizza and we had a great discussion and we walked down by the beach. And so it's just, I'm shocked in the last year I haven't run into anywhere exotic. It's But the year is not over.
2: Because my my wife is very sick. But in general, both of us frequent the islands and love water. And the secret about Lama Suridas, which is no secret, is he loves water. And whenever I see water, I meditate. I don't even have to mm. stop and meditate. It meditates for me. The waves, sound, meditates, or the placid stillness, meditates, or the little ripples of the water, meditates, or light, moonlight, sunlight, lamplight, dazzle, reflecting mm. off of water, meditates me. And I co-meditate or intermeditate with water very, very naturally and easily. So. That's a little secret about me. It's also a little bit of a nature mysticism or a way to co-meditate with water or whatever your element is. It could be the sound of the wind, it could be sky space, or it could be the earth like your garden or Grand Canyon, You know, just really getting into it and letting go of yourself and dissolving into that with water. I find that it very easy to dissolve, but when to just as easily dissolve into looking at the fireplace, Or the Grand Canyon, a mountain, or the garden, dirt. Get your hands in the dirt even better in terms of dissolving or lying on the grass, looking up like a child, just sky gazing and dissolving into the earth element. Of course, we're all composed, comprised of these five natural elements. So it's kind of like coming home to oneself, dissolving into the transparency. That's our transpersonal being our biggest and best self not just Uh. lying there fighting to with yourself to relax which is contradiction (laughs) terms and worrying about your usual preoccupations so i call that sky gazing lying on the back like an innocent child like we used to do with children is also a good way to co-meditate with the earth and with space You seem to Uh, love nature and be on islands and water all the time. Paul, what are are your feelings about that that kind of thing?
1: Well, I doubt I could say it better than you did, but everything you said, I would second, third, and fourth. And for me, whenever I'm close to the ocean, I just even smell it and look at it, and I'm instantly transported. I have a couple theories. I wondered if one, millions of years ago, we crawled out of there. there That is
2: one theory. It may be an alternative truth to some, but I believe that.
1: And B, we're embryonic water creatures, so there's that mm-hmm. homing device. And whenever I'm in it, and that's what I loved about when we meditated with Ram Dass out there in Kihei and Maui, where we were floating in the ocean,
2: yes, back to talking the- about
1: Ananda bliss, and just you know, hoping the sharks didn't also float by. But it was just so incredible. <laughs> <laughs>
2: do i detect a little attachment to your life and well-being in
1: that i was more worried about gary because he was out further <laughs> but i thought and he was more vulnerable because he was smaller so he would be bite-sized i'm a little too tall for the average drunk, i think <laughs> <laughs> and bony they wouldn't want me gary. but but honestly though what you said is beautiful and also i have met your wife twice in the vineyard once on main street we were walking uh, up the street my gal and i and we had a beautiful conversation so i want to send her a lot of love and light and prayer and may her any suffering be lifted. And also her biological energy align. Uh, she's a very sweet soul, very peaceful and grounded. I remember her uh, Thank real you, rock. Her. And what a kind, love kind hearted yeah. being, being, uh, which I sensed instantly. Uh, and so, yeah, it's a lot of love to her. So I feel the same way. I just even being here right now, I'm just sitting here, My eyes are closed. I'm in a meditative position. And I really am grateful that you're bringing me back home because we're focusing on what's important, what matters most here, grounding. And for me, meditation, even for a minute, I've been doing these little mini meditations because my mind is crazy like all minds, stuff. And my egoic mind, it'll run wild. So if I just bring it home, ground, remember that I'm an infinite being, an energy phenomenon, and yes, my mind has all kinds of hysterically small concerns and agendas and stories it makes up and feels the world should be always different than it should be and be the great director of what everything should be doing and people. But really, ultimately, just be here now, like Ramdas said, and also all the great teachers saying, in the now and be in the ocean, be in the mountain, and that, like the great Blake poem, he said those beautiful words, to see eternity in a grain of sand and to see it in, in the other who has different opinions and realize it's just another bit of stardust wandering around on a journey and to be here and to do that. And I'm reminding myself right now, if your listeners or you go, oh, yeah, that's secondary. But I need constant reminding, constant remembrance, uh just I think we
2: all do, Paul. I call it yeah, Remembering to remember what's mm. important. You know, if you're a theist, remembering to remember God. Yeah. You you know, but the many, the others. If you're if you're a non theist, just remembering to remember what you're doing mm. while you're doing it, that's remindfulness, like hundred yeah. percent doing what you're doing, which is so rare. So many people live in their head or outside of, you know, we outside of our body or dissociate, distract ourselves from discomforting feelings. And I think an essential part of what you said, which I'd like to highlight with the yellow marker by repeating it is preoccupied with the the small things and especially always wanting things to be different than they are. That's why non-attachment or equanimity is so, helpful and so freeing and contentment is the greatest form of wealth as Buddha
1: beautiful taught. beautiful yeah just if you're okay with um someone told me rama rama once said his big secret at the end of his life is he doesn't mind what shows up and if we're like that <laughs> is that great it's like That's okay creepy. and my mind only li- says the universe is infinitely intelligent when it aligns with its narrow little tiny ego goals but when it's not it's like yeah all of a sudden there's some cosmic disconnect Yes. But whatever shows up is beautiful and it's just this, the dream is so compelling or what would be the point? Why would go, why would we go to all the trouble of existing? The third dimension hypnotic and I had the most realistic dream in the world last night. I mean, I was in a dream that I was having a ball in and it was drama and all of a sudden I woke up and I was in my beautiful bed and I'm like, what the, where am I for a moment or two? And then I'm sort of like, okay, oh, that was all a dream. And yet my biology was responding. I'm sure my hypothalamus and 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 this is not that different. It's just maybe it's a little longer or more intense. Although when we cross over and release from this beautiful star suit of trillions of cells, you know, keeping it going, maybe we go, wow, that was so realistic and cool. And we take a little something with us. I hope so. But even if we don't, or whatever, we're here, uh my late. Lately, I've just been thinking, how do I light my room with my inner light and my love? First within, I don't want to be faking it or a pantomime or a martyr. And then wherever I go, I can just kind of light that up. Can I, am I going to alter polarity in a universe that's just, you know, is opposites? Am I going to wipe out suffering with any grand pronouncement or statement or act? No. But wherever I am, what if that was just a sweet little ripple, this gentle light? Or maybe it needs to be a gale wind sometimes if my heart, soul, with source says so. But I doubt it. Just, I like that yielding, bending giant tree who sticks around for centuries and witnesses. And is then a home for all these glorious creatures and creates shade for the people that are hot and shelter for those that maybe need an umbrella over their head. Those are noble aspirations, but really I have to be that little acorn seed that Starts with that, and then has to unfortunately or fortunately be reminded about three billion times a day on a good day, and so and that's the dance. And if I realize that's normal, all right, that's great. I'm just a human being, and I laugh at myself more than anything lately, just because I'm amazed at the shit my mind makes up or concerned about or gets pissed off. It's hysterical. If I heard it's like it's a hysterical creature. I mean, I'll even say like, wow, that's a good one what oh man because if all our thoughts were made public we'd all be inside an institution <laughs> or if they were really crazy we'd be in the White House but that's another story <laughs> but yeah I mean it is funny this is the greatest reality show ever there's room for me. only
2: one great there's room for only one crazy narcissist in the White that's House. that's
1: right and I would never want to wear that bad to mm. toupee and do the bad tanning or all that kind of stuff I'm a little bit too I'm a different kind of narcissist, but. Uh, I just have marveled. There are days where I think we're doomed, and other days I'm like gasping for air because it's so funny and preposterous. And I'm here, and I obviously, there's no mistake. Uh, I used to think it when I was younger that I'd shown up on the wrong planet or was being punished for some crime on my more enlightened home planet. Uh, there's still theories about that, but we haven't been able to prove anything. But so I just feel like I'm here. A lot of people feel that, you know... When what are we doing? Yeah.
2: We weren't really... These aren't our real parents or something.
1: Yeah. I <laughs> like but the up um, at of, you know, of the home office. Stranger so in a go. strange
2: land is Highlands called. We have to get used to it because here we are together.
1: I grok it. And I and used to think, can, can you... Yes, I was you. about to go out to Sedona and Santa Fe and just sit out in the desert and pray for my ship to come back. <laughs> you know, in the in the in the child's pose of great contrition and say, I promise whatever I did, I will never do again. And I'm happy to go back to ECTAR and start at the bottom wrong, which is still light years ahead of what's <laughs> going on down here. From,
2: I saw you from K Pax. Isn't that what Kevin Spacey told me?
1: I came through that. He um uh, yeah, we were there, and uh, there's more of us here now because we weren't uh, happy with the second half of that movie and the Hollywood depiction. It started so brilliantly, and then it, it went did. off on a weird tangent. Uh, Jeff Bridges, an alien well, from that. another land, who uh, is very yeah. talented, too, actually. And Jeff, if you're listening, he's supposed to come on my podcast to promote his new um, environmental oh, documentary, waiting for a date on that. Uh, we yeah. might be on here 10 years from now, still waiting for that date. So I'm practicing non attachment knowing full well all jokes aside that no matter who comes on my show unless it is extraterrestrial life that would be fascinating but even if they did nothing can alter the fundamental essence of what i already am which is everything if oprah anoints me as the next bald white guy she loves um you know it's just it's still not going to change the essence it's just going to rearrange the furniture There'll be a whole new set of problems. The mind will make up even more interesting, crazy stories, right? And whatever. It's just, it's, but what a beautiful dream. What a beautiful dream. Well, we
2: might be tripping out a little bit and sound far out, but if anybody's listening who thinks that, I just want to agree, you know, not exactly bring it down to earth, but okay. You know, we all are stardust and we will return to that and the whole solar system, galaxy. So it's not entirely far out to talk this way.
1: Yeah, and bring it to Earth, too. But here's the thing. If you're on Earth, eat good food, get enough sleep, be kind. Don't associate with people that drag you down. In your one and only life, try to find a little niche that you love to do. Don't chase money. Uh, Don't marry for status. Don't become obsessed with social media and all that bullshit. I mean, bring it down to Earth. Get your hands in the garden. Do some digging. Help somebody less fortunate. Pour some water for somebody who's thirsty. It can be really big or it can be whatever's right in front of you. And that's the most important thing. Just be kind to whoever's in front of you. Or especially if there's a mirror in front of you. Be kind to yourself. Be kind to that person
2: too. In the mirror. In fact, uh, I've been making cartoons the last few years uh, with a collaborator. I call them karma tunes. Uh (laughs) Brilliant. Karma Tunes, uh, or K-Tunes, to go with K-Pax, the planet, the crazy Kevin
1: Spacey. Claimed I love that movie, yeah. That
2: Jeff Bridges movie mm-hmm. K- called uh, K-Pax, I think. Um, karma Tunes, like, every morning, stand in front of the mirror and give yourself an eye exam. Mm. I spelled I-I-Y-E. So, you know, Ooh. these little, uh, like, existential messages, not all Buddha- or Asian Dharma but something like that or another one is showing like a bad neighborhood and somebody walking through it um, my mind is not a very good neighborhood to live in
1: <laughs> no <laughs> that's brilliant stuff
2: like that and there, there is life beyond the mind outside or mm. you know among other people there is beautiful I, I'm sure I've heard of it even
1: <laughs> <laughs> I've glimpsed it I, you reminded me of a brilliant, beautiful story I heard from uh, one of my guests who was a rabbi and apparently back at the time of the Roman occupation a couple thousand years ago in the, uh, the whole planet is the Holy Land but in the Middle East, uh, this old rabbi got lost at night. He was wandering around deep in thought as I get, and I'm going to add some things. His mind probably was troubling him and without knowing it, he, he approached the Roman four and he and he heard a voice from above. He couldn't see because it was dark and it said who are you and why are you here? And he looked up and said, what'd you say? And he said, who are you and why are you here? And he said, can I pay you to come and shout that outside my door every morning when I wake up?
2: (laughs) Great story. I thought you'd say pay you to come and shout it in front of the door of my synagogue
1: every Saturday. But we could do that too. Yeah. Shout it to oneself is even better. Yes, yeah, shout it to yourself, man. Who are you and why are you here? Because that's about as basic as it gets. And everybody has to answer that question their, their way.
2: Yes, yeah, sooner or, yeah. or later we confront that. And everybody's trying to answer it by whatever life path way we're pursuing. Whatever we How do it. you
1: deal? I want to ask you, Bill, let's be real down earth. How are you dealing with the politics of the last two years, the election of Donald Trump? I know a lot of people are having a really hard time and the other people are, you know, burning crosses and getting really excited. So, you know, a great character, uh, great example of emptiness. For one, it's great. The other, it's fancy, you know, the end of the world. How are you, Surya? How are you dealing with it?
2: Very badly.
1: Your... Yeah. Well, that's honest. No,
2: I'm exaggerating. Um, I'm not young anymore. I've been through a bunch of decades uh, regimes, administrations, mm. wars, wars and wars since 1950s, you know, uh, I was yeah. born during, I guess the Korean War and my mm. parents, my father and uncles were in World War II and just wars, wars, and wars. So, fortunately, most of that was not on our shores, but the bigger our, us, our lands was certainly a suffering from that around the world. Um, mm. And then there's various other warlike activities we do have in our own lands and countries. So, you know, I've seen a lot of this up and down and the pendulum swing. And I have great high hopes for President Obama and Michelle Obama, and you know while they represented, and they were very honorable and did a good job given the impacted political impasse in Washington and with the great partisanship that we have. It's so hard to get anything done. And then the pendulum swung the other way to the orange man. So um I don't know if he can get anything done. I read in the news that uh, they're threatening to shut down the government because he can't uh, get Congress to agree on paying for his wall. So I don't know. This too shall pass. But there's a huge mm-hmm. cost, you know, along the way. So it's kind of like, our own inner health. There's a huge cost along the way if we keep living in a toxic way, but we probably won't get older or if we do, we'll be in bad shape. So Mm. the environment is suffering. It's gonna suffer in the long run the further we put off doing some kind of turnaround. Um, The poor people are suffering. Our international relations are suffering. The species are disappearing. So I'm not entirely pessimistic. I feel like an optimistic realist. And Mm. hope rises eternal. I wake up every day somewhat happy and glad to to meditate and exercise and look at some trees outside and um, be among beautiful people and with my higher power, inner power, and I'm grateful. My gurus and spiritual friends and family are always with me, even if I'm alone-ish. But Mm. um, I'm I'm grateful. And uh, I think we also have to resist, you know. Gandhi called the passive resistance. It wasn't very passive. It was very proactive resistance and speaking truth to power. Um, And that's very important. We always hear about Gandhi, Mahatma Gandhi, Martin Luther King, the Dalai Lama, and nonviolence. But Gandhi is known for two, There was another word that came with ahimsa, nonviolence, or non aggression, which is called satyagriha. And that means truth power or the power of truth. Not just speaking truth to power, but the power of being truthful, of speaking truth, of living truly, of being authentic, of being honest. Truth power with a hyphen. And I think that's important also these days. And it's very hard to define what's true, what's real. And yet, I think we, I believe we have to give it our all, each of us and all of us to dig into that subject, to penetrate it, to realize, to grok it ourselves, to make it part of ourselves. What is our authentic life? What is our purpose? What's our relation to God and humanity and all the beings? discerned real from the unreal and so forth and there's a lot of denial these days and obfuscation and spin and we all hear this all the time so i'm going to give a shout out for developing truth power and developing discriminating discernment or insightful wisdom which includes self-knowledge and relational mindfulness or relational awareness too and environmental awareness. This is very important. The outer and the inner are so related. So although I lived abroad for 20 years and I lived in monasteries and retreat centers and ashrams for a major part of that, since 9-11 and I've been living mostly in this country, although I travel on my teachings and pilgrimages, um, living in this country, I felt obliged as a teacher and uh community leader and now spiritual elder, people ask my opinion. I'm on boards of charities and, and you know, um, I speak on panels, interfaith panels and all kinds of other things. And People, diverse people ask my opinion about things. So I feel like obliged to be a little more well-informed than I used to be. So since nine eleven, paying a little more attention and being a New Yorker originally, my family and friends felt that viscerally and also living near Boston, you know, on the Plains boston we we felt that viscerally um i've been paying a little more attention to the news and it can make you depressed if it bleeds it leads excuse me as the old journalistic dictum goes but i don't give into depression and despair i'm sad i can cry about it but it, it motivates me to do something about it nobody can fix it all or do it all Paul, as you hinted, but also nobody is exempt from trying. We are all part of it. We're all connected. We all have to participate in some way, even if we don't work for charity, we all have to participate in some way. Be an informed voter. Get out and vote. Be a good parent and a mensch, a genuine person, not a, a schnook, a schmendrick, a sponge. Very important.
1: Or, a ga- or a ganif.
2: Or a ganif. How would you translate uh, ganif for our non-Yiddish speakers?
1: A shyster, cool? Donald a Trump, shyster? a mobster, a con yeah. man, a criminal, yeah. a crook, someone who's trying yeah. to screw everybody because they come from a place of lack. Of yeah. And I like what you said. I actually just took five weeks off from any news. I'd gotten a little just bloated with it that all. You I couldn't do it anymore. Fast? I took a news fast, and I'll tell you, you like sugar, after about two days, the craving went away, and lo and behold, I felt a million times better, and my lack of reading everything in sight, I've never watched television, I don't have one in the house, I think they're toxic, but uh, just staying away from the written word and the internet word, I felt so much more buoyant, and, and believe this or not, listening audience, my lack of participation had zero effect on the policies of the world. Uh, I know you find that hard to believe.
2: That's hard to believe. uh,
1: It isn't that hard to believe. Like I didn't really need to know everything. I'm probably 10 times more informed, definitely, than the president, but so is the rock out back. But it's sort of, I realized I didn't need to know everything and anything that I needed to know, I would. And then I was just more happily in the moment, more joy-based, I think we should be happy, but not in a Pollyanna way. I noticed that I, even my self-critic got a little better. Like I, cause That's big fed, news. Stop there. He fed stop off that there, bullshit. Go ahead. You. Stop that again. The, the self-critic without the news seemed to be less fierce and like showed up less often. It was like he had less juice. It's almost like a parasite. I was starving him. That's uh, yeah.
2: interesting.
1: That was very what interesting. What do you think I the didn't...
2: connection is between your harsh inner critic or self-critic, that inner tyrant voice, and the news?
1: Poison in, poison out. And I'm uh-huh. not a big externalizer of poison, luckily. I mean, I think of shit to say, but luckily there's a bit of space between stimulus and response, and I don't mm-hmm. let that guy out of the cage <laughs> Very often, if ever, on other people because that's the end of any relationship. And he's just—he's a beast, you know. We keep Mister Hyde uh, under locking key in a soundproof booth. So I, know. Uh, I then, but I realized that without that, I'm like job, Mama Jekyll. Go ahead, Mama Jekyll and Hyde. Yeah, yeah. and lama Hyde, a Hyde. But he, yeah, just so that went away, and I found more patience and compassion. I, now this is interesting. I just decided to. Read over the weekend stuff. But I was super conscious. It's like, all right, let's see. I want you to pay attention. Is this going to lower your vibration? And any time you feel yourself getting hooked, pull back, close the thing. Go read it. And throughout that five-week hiatus, I had a very interesting revelation, which might be true only for me. And I still have not embodied. I I've, I've thought that, and I felt it in the body. It wasn't intellectual. I thought of what if, I thought, what for here in planetary polarity with all its greatness and the miracle of a flower and the ocean and swimming with the dolphin and then the unbelievable barbaric nature. And I don't have to go into that. Just pick up the New York Times. or. Uh, and then I thought, what if my thing is, can I be here in planetary polarity and love it all? like um pat by katie on the show a few times who wrote loving what is but cannot intellectually like it's all good it's all good like you know hall of fame spiritual bypasser no it's like <laughs> i'm here i feel it i am alive but i'm gonna love it i am gonna love what is i'm gonna choose to love what is so i'm not gonna instinctively always love what is i'm gonna bring compassion because in Utopiaville, back on Ektar, on, you know, stopping place to Capex, it's all so beautiful. It's, there's, there isn't nothing to love what is. It's just fantastic. And after a few thousand bazeniums, I come here because I want to change a place. But the challenge is, can I love what is in a planet so filled with polarity? Is it easy to love you and Ram Dass and swimming and pizza and warm cookies and beauty yeah or the teachings of this or andre bocelli singing nessam durham uh god almighty or baby laughing that's that's not even easier or hard that's instinctually easy it just is but can i this reminds me of something the great tiktok nhan once said that they were trying to get him to contend the thai pirates who were in the gulf of thailand killing raping pillaging and while he said they're responsible for their behavior he said, you know, if I had had their life, and he went into detail to describe these people, I would also be a Thai pirate. So in a sense, because I'm part of the world that created Thai pirates, I am responsible. So while if they're caught, they need to be confined or kept from harming others. But he came at that. Even that extreme example was such compassion and awareness i think whatever it is what you call god or the universe i think loves us in that too and then if you take it again and i don't want to go too higher out there if it's all just divinity discovering itself like the greatest musical play ever or whatever the saints movie then of course you're going to have good guys and bad guys and cops and robbers here's where it falls to us the incredible gift of free choice we're not robots unless we're Following Trump, it seems like there's a wrong... No, I'm kidding. So, no, but if we have free thought. We're not in the cult, and we have levels of free thought. So no matter what this is, we get to choose who we want to be, what character we want to play, this time, today, this hour, as us, now. I can't tell you what next week holds. I don't make many plans. The universe has a mischievous habit of always changing them on me. I'm learning. So I just try to show up. And if I'm led, very suspicious to buy a plane ticket without, and always with insurance because it's tricky. So <laughs> it's kind of, can I? what do I want to be? Do I want to be the weasel, the gonf, the angry guy, the avenger, uh, the hypocrite, the uh, fake minister? Or do I want to be the, the guy who preys upon the weak? Or, nah, not really. I mean, that doesn't feel good. Uh, maybe I want to be the loving guy not for what the world thinks. So I sleep really, really well. And then I just feel really good and I feel more in alignment. May I do, somebody else might. So I get to pick the role every day. And if, if I create enough space and presence, I can see where I'm not thinking or acting that way. It's like, oh, look, look, you know. And then try not to condemn myself and just say, all right, like I did when I sat down to do this with you. Boom, I'm starting again now. And right now I'm starting again now. And just again and again. Oh, you missed your turn. Oh, well, no need to be critical. I'm gonna start again now. Like a GPS suddenly turns you around. Oh, make the U-turn here. Back we go. Miss the turn again. <laughs> yeah, missed the turn again. Whenever my if GPS just,
2: says that I feel like slapped on the hand by the librarian. Yeah, you need a softer <laughs> voice.
1: Yeah, you need a softer voice than that. You need the there's a compassionate download where it says. <laughs> Oh, sweet, Abiyasi, You were so concerned about the love of the divine that you drove right past your turn. So turn around. The taco okay. shop now will be on your left. That's and then God. there's another app that's the harsh inner critic. It's like, oh, you dumb fucking asshole. Will you turn yeah. around? You were daydreaming You're about lost. the girl you met. Go back. You it, <laughs> right. yeah. yeah. So what,
2: what do you think it is that keeps one from loving oneself? Since, you know, you brought out that... Outstanding and really challenging anecdote from Thich Nhat Han. That if I was brought up and lived where they were, I would be doing what they were doing. He was talking about those Thai yeah, red pirates. Yeah,
1: and you're asked. You're asked. That's your hard question. to
2: apply to people like you know to you hate or genociders or or the opponents of people on the other side of the um, aisle. But I think we must. So uh, how do you? It, Practice day to day loving what you don't like. Why don't we love ourselves? That's is the big this amount question. Of upbringing, conditioning, or is it That's also big nature and nurture? That's the Sometimes I think it's the natural state of separation. As soon as we're separated, right, right. and you know, there's some um, um, brokenness, as the Jews would call it, the broken let to be. Let's um, start.
1: Let's start with us that, ourselves. We harmonized. Yeah. Let's start Surya with me. I'm going to start. Why is it hard to love myself? Well, one, we'll go super spiritual first because I'm in the illusion I'm separate. So And so I have a mind. It seems like it comes with the package unless you get hit on the head young and just sort of daydream the rest of your life, (laughs) which I guess would be a great karma. So you never really had a torturous mind. We don't know. But let's just assume. So I'm born with this mind. And then we are very primitive, very primitive species. We're still arguing about who owns the land we can't own. And people are dying because we have more than enough. But if we fed them, it would be against some rule that Wall Street or somebody made up thousands of years ago. So, but, so we're primitive. And so we have these reinforcing patterns of competition. Uh, we have religions, the main primary religions, where they teach that before you were born, two people in a garden made a normal choice left the field of opposites. And because of that, you were just a piece of shit for eternity. Unless you perform certain unique rituals, get sprinkled with water, pay enough money, whatever. There's all these different crazy things. So, And we constantly condition. We are bombarded every day, annoyingly to the point of toxicity, with advertising, with the basic messages. You're not good enough, but if you had this, you would be, if you look like this. So we've set up a, a great game it's almost impossible to overcome. So that's really, really hard. But again, if we were coming here and the, and the nature of the game was to overcome that, you'd want it to be challenging or be boring. So there's that. So the deck is stacked against us, but you can win. And I think meditation, presence, and choice, just growing that space, will it ever go away? No. I'm resigned. That's just part of it. It's going to be like old software. You can't get it off the hard drive. But I'll show you how to shut it down and force quit that application the minute it starts to light up and spin. So you don't have to go through all the bullshit. And if it does light up and it gets frozen, I'll show you how to reboot that too. And there's infinite ways to do that. So those are called spiritual practices. And you can rig the system like crazy to make it easier for yourself in a world, in a spectrum, in a matrix where it's really hard. So acknowledge it's really, really hard. And your brain and your, your eyes are designed to, to deceive you and make it hard, right? I believe the soul did that, but that's irrelevant. It's just hard. So, and like anything, did I talk like this when I was two? No, years, decades of practice, right? And if they did, they would have put me probably in into an insane asylum forever. I wouldn't be here. So, it, but here's the thing: decades of practice. When I, I used to play the piano professionally. I played unbelievable, infinite hours before people would walk up and go, you're amazing. How do you do that? Uh, <laughs> practice, practice. I was really once good in basketball. Practice, right? Uh, you get better at stuff, whether it's hitting a golf ball or loving yourself with practice. And like anything, a gym membership, practice, practice, practice. I didn't you're know that Process. About
2: so that's These what we are- talk about: spiritual practice, not just belief. Yeah.
1: These are, these are top secrets I never give away except on my <laughs> show three times a week. So, uh, it, but it's practice and practice process. It's process over results. There's no there. Even when we croak and we leave this suit and all of a sudden we don't have a name, a social security, or even a gender, it uh, uh, keeps going. It's this infinite process. It's unfathomable. It's ineffable. I'm pointing at it with some pretty cool words. It sounds like I know what I'm doing or I don't. So it's kind of to look at it that way. Like it's just this constant practice, it's like tuning a guitar. Just keep turning the guitar. Up. If you want to play it a lot, you're going to have to tune it a lot. You want to get good you practice. So that starts with you. That's so how what we I'm tune a, ourselves. Not tune ourselves, self-tuning, do, and figure out what works for you, self-tuning and do everything you can. Like I said earlier, eat great food. Get rid of the TV. Get off of social media except for the bare minimum. Surround yourself with loving, affirming people. Fill your being with incredibly positive words, teachings, music, right? So go to beautiful places. Be kind to yourself. Don't chase materialistic bullshit dreams. Make it easy. Set the bar on the ground, not even low, because you're here for a short time. Just be happy to lighten up. Lighten the fuck up. Yes, So. Lighten up, okay. literally yeah. lighten yeah. up, lighten up your inside. Now, when you, you do that, when I'm in like this place of like Yogananda type connection, mm-hmm. I look at everything with this beautiful bemusement. Oh, look, it, uh, they are going to ruin the environment. Yeah, the earth will be fine. The species will go away like a bad virus. It is all beautiful. If I haven't slept <laughs> and I watched too much news and I ate a little too much sugar, Yeah, And I'm standing at the coffee shop, and somehow they messed up my order. (laughs) Where the fuck is my latte? Now I'm entitled white guy, the ugliest of all species.
2: It ain't beautiful. most
1: ugliest species you've ever seen, entitled white guy. So the world's most (laughs) hideous creature. So it all depends on my level of self-care. And sometimes, honestly, like I was saying before we went on, I felt like the universe, for whatever reason, was kicking me around like, uh, you know a soda can on the road today nothing severe you know i drove past the hospital and i gave thanks that i'm not there or no one i love is so but it was just like um, everything i tried to do wasn't happening wasn't working shit got canceled and it was just like all right i'm i'm terrified <laughs> to like i'm gonna go home <laughs> and just uh talk to you i tried to call in i couldn't get on i mean it was just like all right i'm gonna go in my bed and get fetal. all <laughs> of start you know, again covers and i thought i'm just gonna go to bed i'm gonna wake up again and have another shot of espresso let's do this and you know it's beautiful and i can laugh at the absurdity <laughs> my little ego screeching along yeah you know.
2: <laughs> well you have to be able to laugh at yourself
1: yeah, Otherwise, life so that's medicine. Fun. you gotta laugh at everything and um honestly it's so much it is funny even when the joke's on me so that's kind of my take, and I, I have to just, everything I just said, when the show comes out, I'm going to re-listen to it, like, every day.
2: Don't worry,
1: I'm going to grade you. I'll send you your grade. Send me my grade. My ego I'm wants very to judgmental
2: know. that way.
1: Uh, I keep my I'd like ego to present a little away bit. from all that stuff. <laughs> I'd like to
2: pre- present a little bit of a, a different... Uh, form of the major religions' views of the origins, like Buddhism, is one of the seven major world religions, according to historians, etc. Yeah, well, some intelligentsia say it's not a religion, it's a philosophy, it's a way of life, it's non theistic, and all that's fine, but it's still a religion, one of the world's major religions in general parlance. Buddhism's idea is not about original sin, as you described it, but original goodness, and emphasizing, mm, you know our buddha nature that's our our wholeness our highest mm. best, you know our inner light whatever you want to call it in asia they call buddha nature or the dao or the inner divine it's like the garden of eden in that myth that you were talking about yeah original sin was the first you know action of the uh, division but before that there was the garden and that's what buddhism stresses that that's here and now, and we don't recognize it, that mm. we feel separate from it or far away from it, but it's never far away from us. And that's called Tathagatagarbha or Buddha nature. And that's what well, Buddhas By nature, we only have to recognize who what we are and see through these temporary or adventitious, suddenly arising obscurations that cloud the windshield. So that's a whole different sort of positive psychology, a positive um, spirituality that we have to is wash the cloth and it returns to its uh, original color. And I'm not going to say white. You know what I'm saying?
1: Mm, yeah, it's beautiful. These are
2: obscurations, obscuring the inner yeah. sun, not like that we're far from it and only a savior far in the future can uh, save us from it. So I think that's very important alternative vision of actually mainstream religions on this planet. And if you take the spiritual part of it, you can find it at the heart of most religious and spiritual traditions. Like I just said, the Garden of Eden is the original state, the natural state. And so mm. we have this um, within us and all of us. And as it says in some gospel or other, the kingdom of heaven is within and uh, usher in the kingdom now. And the kingdom of, you know, is in this world and things like that. So that's, again, my sort of spin, or my take, my understanding, I I should say, of spiritual reality and answer to the original sinists who make people, who who preach fire and brimstone from whatever kind of pulpit, religious, um, political, scientific, or otherwise. Anyway, we're becoming, uh, you know, we're, oh, the thoughts that the thinker can think If you think Mm. too much, they stay around and start to stink. I'm just imitating Dr. Seuss.
1: I love that. I thought that was like a holy teaching. Dr. Dr. Seuss, yeah.
2: Dr. Seuss Seuss is holy teaching. One of my great inspirations.
1: Yeah, I agree. And everything you said times 10. And I, I have always felt more, I've never felt religious, but I felt mostly aligned with a Buddhist mindset, a Buddhist way of being. It's all one. It's all connected. All of life is suffering, but we can wake up under the Bodhi tree, right? And or wherever we are, enlightenment is now. It's not a place. You don't need anybody to get there. You don't need the seven secret passwords. You don't need to spend millions of dollars to run clear or do any crazy stuff or forums. And, you know, if you want to make it hard, you can. God bless you. But <laughs> if you don't know any better, you will. And you're sure you're welcome to, or you can send the money to Suri and I and we'll have exactly. spend it for you. And I'll put a little, um, holy something on, you know, we'll give you the secret, the seven secret uh-huh. steps. And it always takes years and you never quite get there. The moving, the movable goalposts enlightenment's like a mirage, the more you chase it. But if you just stop and sit and breathe, I think you'll discover it's in there. And it's for me, I, I have rigged it where, I know that the one who watches, the presence, that's me. So as soon as I sit in the chair, and every day, by the way, for the listeners, my ego mind does not want to sit in the chair. When we're in the seat, and it's amazing, it says we should stay here all day. It's bliss. Ten minutes later, I go to sit in the chair. No, let's not do that. So it has a survival mechanism, which is amazing to me, and I override it. But when I'm in that seat, I realize the watcher. The presence, that's me. The eternal presence. Not judging, just watching.
2: Well, let's put a capital P on that.
1: Big time. And you it's in everybody himself. listening. The The being that watches. The being that watches. That's mm. you.
2: As we're getting toward the end of our mm. allotted time for this awakening now, we've all awoken now, Paul Dolman. I have a feeling... Somehow that you know what the secret of life is. You're always asking me, Lama Suridas. So I'm going to ask you, Paul, before we end, what is the secret of life?
1: Well, it's, it's amazing you say that because I did discover it. And then enlightened beings came to me and reaffirmed this. And anybody I'm sorry. can
2: do it. We, we're running out of time, Paul. People are going to have to tune into your podcast about what's important. What's, it's on
1: there all the... Yeah, What Matters, what matters Most, most? is on iTunes. You can go to Samueldolman.com. All the episodes are there, including the incredibly enlightening episode with Surya Das. We've even had Krishna Das on. We're running a two, buy one Das, get one free, special <laughs> in December as part of a Christmas package. And also Buddha Christmas, which is in March. I forget the date, but we'll run an ad on that. You get a Groupon. Line in. But I'll be happy to talk next time with you or someone else, The Secret of Life, it's incredible how it's been, I've narrowed this down and it's not me. It's the enlightened, the true, it's the one true collection of deities. That's what they told me. So, um, you so. the hobos I,
2: in Beverly Hills? I,
1: the hobos in Beverly Hills. True story. I went out there to try to find enlightenment through the movie producing.
2: Uh-huh. And,
1: uh, anybody listening could probably, figure, when the laughter dies down, I could probably figure out how well that would do. but, it's uh all of them available on Amazon and at a fine store near you, or also there's sometimes we drive around the country and sell them out of the back of a, an old van. Don't be alarmed <laughs> Don't be alarmed. Well, that. That was a really fast thing, so I want to thank the worldwide audience, and I promise next time I come on or on one of my shows, what matters most uh, I will reveal the secret of life. It's simple, and it will just change everything once you know this one secret, all suffering does go away. It's, it's we should really, keep
2: listening. I'm sure well, I'll keep listening agree. because the yeah,
1: secret is not far and we're going to hear t- it.
2: In a moment. So
1: I'll tell you what I'm going to do because I'm, keep your ears, I'm feeling so charitable. Keep your eyes. If, you, if everybody eyes would peeled. just, yeah. If you'll just sit in a chair every day until you get my transmission, I'm going to send it out to you psychically. <laughs> and so you'll get it one I promise. Now I swear on my eternal life, which is eternal. So I don't know what would happen if I lied about it. But I'm gonna send it to each and every person because once I had the secret, I was given that kind of power. So I'm gonna send it to you. Yeah, you, the listener. You're thinking me? Yes, you. Yeah. So I'm sending it. I'm sending it to send it when we when we finish this show. And then I'm gonna keep sending it every day. Over the next thirty days, so you're sure to get it. So just go sit in a chair for a few minutes, close your eyes, and, and tune in. Yeah, when when you get it, you'll tune know. It's yourself. that simple. Act now and get this free set of steak knives. <laughs> <laughs>
2: uh, or I do you expect to pay. For
1: <laughs> purpose. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> you have been enlightened, not by me, but by the great Sir Das. It's been an honor.
2: Thank you. I, I can't argue with that, although I would say we're already pre enlightened and this is the garden. So let's um, take care of it
1: together. Yes. And as a Buddhist, you just basically be arguing with, with yourself. Yeah. arguing yeah, you
2: with ourselves and each other. Mm. Because we are our brother's um, keeper, if you wish.
1: Oh, Paul, big namaste to
2: that keepers. We should take care of each other.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: So, love to one and all. Love is the way. We no one can do this alone. We have to do this together. Even the Dalai Lama, a lifelong monk, has said that we need each other to get enlightened and or whatever we're seeking, or we'll call it. So, thanks, Paul. Your Hollywood, Beverly Hills hobo, and um, yep. I look forward to seeing you soon on some beach or island or on the web the worldwide web that connects us all even before the web was invented and take care everybody this has been the awakening now podcast on be here now network love to one and all happy holy days